One of the things that I find very stunning in recent developments is uh, a very different kind of approach of how the administration is now speaking to the public. What do I mean by that? I mean that it's not just outright lies, which it is, but this distortion of reality and uh, an attempt and maybe a knowing attempt to believe that if they say something, then that's what is to be believed at least by 50 percent of the country. Um, examples, that the Afghanistan uh, pullout, which was, of course, such a disaster, was some sort of extraordinary success. And by saying it, well, then there must be so. Hold on um, one second. Like Apollo 13, it was a successful failure. <laughs> Remember that one? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, the mission changed to become to rescue the, the astronauts. In that sense, right. it was an extraordinary <laughs> yes. response. But, uh, but, but. But that, okay, so extraordinary success for Afghanistan. Then you have that there's no problem whatsoever at the border, right? Everything is great at the border. The border is closed, all right? Uh, another one is that uh, inflation is not a big deal. In fact, uh, don't worry about it at all. Never mind that we're pouring $5 trillion worth of new money into the system. That won't affect, uh, affect inflation whatsoever. No, no, no. It's a, you, you may think so, but no. It's like if you suddenly, you know, spat out, I don't know, think about a really expensive car, let's say a Bentley, okay? Uh, and you, you spat out, um, I don't know, 10 million more Bentleys out there. Do you think the price of the Bentleys would go up or down, right? I mean, that's, that's supply and demand, right? That's the way it works. But here we are. So that, I, I don't know what to say. There, there are so many things that are so blatantly wrong. It, it, there's a difference between simply exaggerating, Ari, on the one hand, and saying that night is day or that water is sand. I don't know what to say. It's, it's exactly the opposite of what it is. It's just, I don't... Okay, so it's not that I don't get it. I, I'm more fascinated in why they think they can do this. How about that? They must know that, just using the border as an example, they must know that everyone knows that they're full of crap when they say that there's no issue on the border and that everything is controlled. They must know that. But they still tell you that everything is under control. So, they, so what's the mentality here? What are, they, what are they thinking to themselves? I guess that's what, what I'm, I'm trying to look under the hood, as it were, Ari. Uh, what, what do you think? I think this comes down to something we've discussed several times on other episodes, which is it has to do with the flimsiness of the ideology, yeah. which is, remember, there's a, a continuum or an equation, which is the flimsier the ideology, uh, the stronger and more vociferous the defense of it must be with the more draconian punishments for any challenging to it. And that's simply what we're having here. Instead of admitting any fault at all, and, and instead of admitting any imperfection, it's, oh, no, it's great. It's under control. It's perfect. You're a conspiracy misinformation pushing idiot if you think there's anything wrong with anything we'd ever do here. We're the best and the brightest. Well, yeah. So yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, it's the thrashing around, like you once said a long time ago. I always loved the image that you gave from the end of the movie Terminator 2, right, where the... Uh, 
the, the Terminator cop uh, who kind of is in liquid form or whatever it is, and he falls into the lava or the, whatever the equivalent is of that, and he you know, starts thrashing around, and he obviously is going to be you know, destroyed in the process. And that's great, but I, I, I just, I'm still so enamored by the audacity of the Democrats to, to tell you what's what. Here, we often make that um, that reference to the movie Working Girl, where the Melanie Griffith, Griffith character comes back from work uh, because she's been fired, and she goes back to her apartment, sees her boyfriend uh, being straddled by this other uh, woman, and they're both naked and obviously having sex, and and being caught, the the man turns to his girlfriend and says, but after a pause. Uh, it's not what it looks like, right? But but sure, of course it's what it looks like. It's it's pretty obvious. What what is this? this some sort of yoga position? So, oh yes. Yeah, I guess I, I now gave an, an an explanation. But um, it's so brazen now. It's it's more akin to that that for for them to say that the border is closed and there's no issue on the border and then expect people to parrot that in the media or otherwise among the. Uh, 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 among the sick fans uh, who are on the left, I, I just I don't know why they think they could possibly get away with that. So, but but there it is. The question is, why is it happening, right? And this whole mentality of the left and the Biden administration, uh, why they think they're doing this? I, I think it's the actions of a very desperate party. How about that? Uh, you want to add something else? I also, something just came to mind, which is my own experience. I was having lunch with um, someone if, before I came here today, and we were talking about this. And this person asked me, hey, did you see Joe Biden's UN speech? I said, no. <laughs> right? But look how that goes to the heart of it. We have a president here who's so boring, who's such a gaftastic idiot. So many people are completely tuning out, are not listening at all, and know to ignore him because all he says is things that irritate us anyway. So part of it is the flimsiness of the ideology requires a vociferous defense. The other is the audacity of imagination. In other words, so many people don't watch this idiot and have no respect for him, myself included, that he can basically say and get away with anything. In a way, he thinks he can get away with it, or the, the puppet masters believe he can get away with it. He's not getting away with it because we are watching from afar. But we're not tuned in to every minute. He's so boring. Unlike Trump, who was musty TV, you know, appointment television for every press conference, every movement from car to helicopter to plane to White House, let alone the formalized press conferences, because the man was such a bountiful uh, ball of energy, knowledge, and uh, media interaction. This is the opposite. Yeah. So I think that's part of what's playing into it. And remember, it's never with these things just one thing. It's always, you know, a combination of circumstances. Okay, so I agree with that. Um, uh, you know, just as an aside, uh, when we were um, with Trump, uh, and after a certain point, in fact, very quickly after his presidency, I don't think that you and I worried about what he said. Oh my gosh, he's speaking now. Let's uh, let's just hope he doesn't, you know, make a total mess of of his his uh, speech. Right? Instead, he said incredible things, sometimes audacious things. But we loved it all the same. He was very much in control of what he was saying, and we didn't worry about that sort of thing. 
I suspect that the left, by contrast, when they hear Biden speak or they hear that he's about to speak, they just are they're on pins and needles worrying and biting their fingernails. OK, is he going to totally F this up again? Like what kind of image is he, is he going to leave? Uh, and, and to you on the left, let me tell you this. <laughs> Do you want to play that clip for today? No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Ari is referring to sort of a blooper reel that was mashed together. I don't usually like playing those mashups because it's easy to play with the edits. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, to you on the left, let me, let me say this. Don't worry, okay? We, we just suspect that everything he says is a gaffe, Okay. That, we, yes. Every single sentence is going to have some sort of problem with it. He's, he's not there. Uh, it's not that we're going to jump on one thing. He gives us so much that we, we assume every single sentence is a gaffe. And it is. That's exactly what's happening. He always trips over himself. Um, he, he can't pronounce words. He, he seems to go off the rails in his topics. If we were to simply point it out every single time, I, I think we would be spending 24 hours a day doing exactly that. We're not, we're, we're not about to do that. The guy is, is demented. Okay? There's a problem there. He also is an evil man. Uh, or the best, he's amoral as opposed to immoral. But either way, it's pretty bad. Uh, and, and not only that, but they're just very out of touch. I, I want to play a clip for you from uh, Kamala Harris, for example, She, because we're, we've been talking about their border crisis. So she's been appointed the czar, as you will recall, Ari, uh, for this border. I don't know if they called her the czar, but whatever. She's in charge of dealing with the border crisis. Uh, she's done nothing, all right, other than to go to Nicaragua, I think, and El Salvador, maybe Honduras, to go to, you know, to get to the root causes of the problem, right, as if that's our problem. But lately, of course, there's been a massive influx of Haitians uh, from Haiti. I guess they came around through Colombia and now uh, and then they started uh, migrating north. Well, uh, so they, uh, yeah. so we're going to I know you he just so wants to get in there. But I'm I'm in the flow here. All right. And I want to talk about this video. So uh, here's a video with an audio that that uh, you see Kamala Harris explaining that we simply have to take care of these Haitians. OK, so let's let's play that. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, but human beings should never be treated that way. She's talking about the and poor Haitian immigrants who are the whole point is that being, um, some, allegedly mistreated. Haiti. I mean, talk about a country that has just experienced so much uh, tragedy that has been about natural disasters that the, that the head of state assassinated. Okay, so you, you hear this, and we'll continue off the clip in a moment, but uh, she says we have to understand Haiti. It's like what a terrible thing they're going through. And, and, and the suggestion is somehow that we have to do something to help them, uh, such as let everyone come to the country, I, I suppose, and migrate to America and, and leave Haiti to uh, whatever, to, I guess to the birds and to the, to the snakes or whatever it might be. Uh, that's, I guess, her answer. I mean, we, we, what is this? So somehow she points out to the earthquake and I assume the hurricane, she, although she didn't mention the hurricane, and that the uh, head of state was assassinated as if, as if that's a, a problem of our making or something that we should be responsible for. Uh, perhaps, uh, my dear vice president, perhaps what you could understand is that this is not your jurisdiction. Literally, it's not your jurisdiction. Uh, maybe the Haitians have to get their act together. How about that? Is that possible? I mean, you, you, you were the ones who said that we shouldn't get involved in Iraq, right? You, you would never say, okay, well, let, let all the Iraqis come to America. But you, you don't want us to go over there. 
But for some reason, you want us them, for them to come here. That's your, your go-to answer. And not only that, but you suggest that that's our obligation to do so. Anyway, let's continue on. And we really have to do a lot more to recognize that as a member of the Western Hemisphere, we've got to support some very basic needs that the people of Haiti have to get back up. Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> You heard that that's a nation in the Western Hemisphere. That part is accurate. I think she's got that right. Um, Haiti is indeed a country in the Western Western Hemisphere. But why? So, so what? So what? I mean, do you want to tell us what the uh, the, the country's bird is? I mean, it, it, it has as, a, as much relevance to me as whether or not it's in the same hemisphere. And yet you, you point this out. So... By definition, that means that we should also be taking care of other countries that are in the Western Hemisphere, including any country that's impoverished in South America, for that matter. Why, why stop with Central America? You know, do the whole uh, nine yards. Go, go with South America, too, because there are some problems in Brazil, I understand. Uh, and uh, Peru is, is not such a great country. And, and Guiana. Guiana. Oh, yeah. You can't forget Guiana. I mean, so and every time there's a natural disaster or somebody there's a coup attempt or actual coup successful, we're supposed to take care of these people. I mean, this is the way it works. Our, it, it, she talks about these other countries as though they are children uh, you know, the drug-addicted children that the parents now have to send to rehab. That's the way she talks about them. I have to tell you, Ari, I think she's an idiot. Just plain and simple, she's an idiot. Now, I know a lot of people, wow, you're being, you're being insulting. No, I'm, I'm saying it as a fact. I mean, it, it, it's, it's fair to say, isn't Ari, that there is such a thing as average intelligence. By definition, the IQ is 100, right? And there's, if I were to call her a genius for whatever reason, you would say, oh, that's really nice. That's very complimentary of you. But if I, if I say she's a dummy below average, by definition, about 50% of the population is below average, right? I'm saying that she fits into that below average category and, and group. And I think she's really among one of the more stupid among that group. And again, I'm saying it as a fact, not as a, just to slight her. I, I just, this woman clearly is not bright. Not and, and when she says, I'm going to go find the root causes of the illegal immigration, really? You, you have to find the root causes? I'll tell you the root causes without stepping foot across the Mexican border. I'll tell you. It's corruption. It's poverty. Uh, and it's a, it's a government infrastructure which decries and eschews freedom uh, all the time. And when you have that, you're going to have horrific situations. Do you, you really need to be, you really, really need to visit those countries to figure that out. They don't have a constitution like we have in America. The reason why America is America is because of the infrastructure that we created. You don't have to like it, apparently you, but, but apparently you do like it because you, you think it's so good here that the, everyone should enjoy the spoils of America. Okay, But no one else is responsible for their own governments or countries or their people for that matter. It's bad enough that, you know, she, she thinks that uh, America has to take care of every single person from a hunger point of view, from a uh, COVID point of view, from a wealth point of view, from everything point of view, from an opportunity point of view, and so on. It's bad enough because the government simply can't do that. But now, in addition to that, we're supposed to take care of other people's, other countries' peoples. You see? So... It's, it's interesting to me, Ari, because it has this, she has this attitude 
that we are wealth, a, a nation of great wealth. And she's right relative to the other countries. We are a nation of great wealth. But she never bothers to ask herself, why is that the case? Right? Why? Could it be it's because of the very capitalism and the freedoms that capitalism bestows in this God-given nature and the, and the God-centered country that we have that has led to the prosperity that we enjoy that she now wants to share with everyone else? I don't get it. These people, uh, you know, on the one hand, they say how evil we are and how terrible it is, and yet they still want to share the bounty with everyone else. Well, you know, you chose a very interesting word to use there, share. Because to share means you're sharing something that belongs to you with someone else. No, she's talking about sharing what belongs to us with someone else. Okay, that's a really good point. That's a, a very good point. She, we've made this money, we've done all this great stuff, and now we're obligated to give it to other people. Right. Okay? She's not inviting these people to stay with her in her Brentwood house up, up Bundy here, or up Kenner Canyon. Isn't that interesting? And what would happen if one of those or 10 of those or two and a half million of those Haitians showed up at her and Doug Hemahoff's house? Yes. I'm sure security would <clears throat> form a wall. <laughs> Some sort of wall would happen. That's absolutely true. And, you know, why, why not have a caravan directly to her house, right? I mean, forget the Mexican border. Just continue on with the caravan. Uh, straight to her house in Brentwood. You're, you're exactly right. We know where she lives. We all do. I mean, it's, it's, it's very funny. Uh, anyway, so we're talking about the notion of how, this breathtaking decision to see, you know, to, to present reality as the opposite of what it is. And it's brazen. Again, it's not about uh, fudging the numbers or spinning the news, right? This is about saying that a night is day, Day is night, sand is water, and, and so on, right? This, that's what it's about. And I think maybe perhaps they've been prepping us, Ari, when they said that a man could be a woman, right? One of the most basic distinctions that you can possibly think about. In fact, it's probably one of the only distinctions in the Bible is the distinction between man and woman. Maybe there's a distinction Day between... Old, and, and no, of course. The, the, yeah, but I'm talking about people distinctions. Oh, yeah. Okay? It's really only, it's only male one. and female. It's the only one. Yeah. Maybe old and young somehow. I, I, you know, I'll allow for that. But the point is, that's the only distinction. And yet they got us to believe that a man can be a woman and vice versa. And you, you'd be somehow transphobic or trans-racist or whatever you want to call it. Anti-science. Uh, you're anti-science if you don't believe otherwise. So, so they're getting us used to this. You know, to, to see reality as the opposite of what we're seeing. And you can play the game all you want. I mean, I, I, that's why I refuse to call somebody, you know, only because he's uh, very well known, this Caitlyn Jenner guy, right, uh, who used to be Bruce. I, I'll, call, I'll call him Caitlyn. I don't have a problem with that if that's what he wants. But I ain't ever going to call him a she or, for, or her. Or, I'm not going to play the pronoun game, okay? The dude had a penis, and still has Y chromosomes in every cell of his body, okay? That makes him a dude, period, okay? He may not like it. He may wish he was born as a woman. That's fine. You, you can wish whatever you want. You can wish you were taller. You can wish you were slimmer. You can wish you were younger. You can wish you were more handsomer. Uh, but no, sorry, dude. That's it. You're a dude. There's some things that you're dealt with in life, and you just have to accept them. Doesn't matter. They they don't want to accept it. They don't want to accept reality. So if they if they could lie to you about a woman being a man and so on, then they can tell you anything 
I, I really believe that. And, and that's what we're seeing, this beginning of the process. Now, why are they doing this? Why, why is it necessary? They, they must know, and I think this is the ultimate reason, Ari, is that they know they cannot win in the battleground of ideas. They just simply can't. They know that every policy that they've advanced has failed. They know that every sky is falling scenario and a scare tactic that they've thrown at us has turned out to be false, whether it's overpopulation, the AIDS crisis, uh, and of course now the uh, the climate change idiocy. Yeah, COVID. Co- COVID for that matter yeah. too, yeah. So co- COVID is the new domain, and I'm glad you kind of foreshad- foreshadowed that because I do want to talk about that. Uh, but that is that is the new domain, and, and they they know that it doesn't work. So they can't win on the battleground of ideas, and yet they still want to exist. They still want to be relevant. So what do they do? They, I think the electioneering uh, mischief here, and, and I'm using that very lightly, I think it's very clear that mischief is going on uh, in, in our electoral cycle. And then they have to do something else. They have to uh, also import votes. And... The best way, and even then, it's not a hundred percent guarantee, right? But you know, I think they're, they're right to assume that uh, what eighty percent of the people coming in illegally are going to vote Democrat, if only to say thank you, thank you for letting me in. And uh, Biden, you've been such a great guy and a supporter of uh, we illegal immigrants. They'll eventually learn that this doesn't work very well, and then they'll turn on him. So this, of course, will lead the um, Democrats to continue the cycle because. You know, they get wise <laughs> to the, the stupidity of liberal policies, even those who, who enter in illegally. Eventually, they become part of the establishment. Eventually, they, they become, uh, you know, productive citizens and taxpaying citizens. And then they get pissed off, rightly so, that so much of their uh, paychecks are being, uh, you know, squandered and such. They, they don't enjoy the, uh, the, cra- the crazy woke culture. They want, they want to have a crime-free environment just uh, for their kids, just as like anyone else. So they're going to have to keep on importing new votes. In many ways, it's like socialism itself, where, and you're seeing this in Europe, uh, socialism does not encourage the uh, birth of new children, right? So they, but there's, you have to have young people to support older people in their retirement. So uh, they don't have enough babies to do so. To, to eventually grow the system. And so they, they have to bring in people from, in, in, in the European situation, in, in that theater, they have to bring in people from the Middle East. Uh, they have to bring in people. The Germans did it a lot with people from Turkey in the older, olden days. They're still doing that. Uh, but Pakistan, uh, from Iran, from uh, Ethiopia, for that matter, they bring in everybody. Everyone's coming in because they simply need the people to support their socialist utopia. Um, never, and I use that in air quotes, of course. That's the problem. So that, that's the reason why. And they have to, they, they will lie just enough before you, you know, your head is doing a whiplash to figure out how can you say that. Um, and in the meantime, enough time has passed where they succeed in getting whatever they want ramrodded through. Okay? So uh, this trillion dollar infrastructure, uh, three, 3.5 trillion, is that what it is? Uh, uh, that's all the way up to five trillion, but who's counting at this point? Well, I'm adding in the extra 1.5 that was previously uh, already adopted, so yeah. it's, it's basically going to be five trillion dollars. So, uh, what they'll do there is to tell you, look, this is what it contains. It's an infrastructure bill. Uh, never mind that, in fact, it has almost nothing to do with infrastructure. It has everything to to do with a woke culture manifest manifesto, and that's what they want. 
Uh, but by the time you figure that out, uh, they've already passed the bill, and suddenly we're all talking about how Black Lives Matter, and that we're supposed to learn, for, you know, that our kids are supposed to learn that their whiteness uh, doesn't uh, doesn't justify anything, and that they should they should kowtow to the rest of the world, and they should be terrified for being white, and 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 very apologetic at the very least for being white, and and not learning anything in schools. And there will be reparations involved for the evils of slavery, and uh, never mind that most people who would be paying these reparations uh, are not descended from slave owners. Uh, in fact, in, as in my case, uh, you know, I was not even born in this country. I came from Israel when I was, was uh, four years old. And most of the people getting the reparations are not going to be the descendants of slave um, Shall we say previous indentured slaves. were yeah, yeah previous slaves either yeah it, that's the whole point it's, it's an irony of of redistributionist um, inaccuracy that is just well breathtaking it's yeah. breathtaking uh, but it's it's obviously a pretext right it's yeah. a it's a justification for the transfer of wealth it's as simple as that and they want to destroy this country it's become clear to us over and over again now the reason that the advantage they have is like the con men advantage. The con man advantage is that he takes advantage of the trusting nature of people. When he says, for example, give me your money and I will turn it around with a 20% return by next Tuesday. Okay, well, he's got the advantage in a way over the, uh, the person he's speaking to because most people assume that when somebody says something to them that that person is telling the truth. Okay, it's, it's called the truth uh, uh, deference, I think it is. So you defer to the truth. And he's got that advantage. So he, he knows that he's going to lie to you, but the other person assumes the guy's telling the truth. The same thing is happening in this administration. They tell you that this is going to fix inflation. This is going to improve infrastructure. It's also going to stop climate change, right? They tell you these things. Uh, that the border is secure and everything else like that. And then, uh, so you, you sign up on it because that's what they tell you. They've got the trust advantage. Yeah, they don't, notice they don't say things like, uh, these are handouts to our union allies. This is a um, transparent bribery scheme to buy future and current votes. Uh, this is a way of indenturing another generation of Democrat voters into generational poverty. You, you know, they, they leave that stuff out. Well, that not, yeah, a comment will never tell you what his, his actual intentions yeah. are and what his plan is. Of course not. That's by the definition. So, but, but a lot of our lefty friends are really quite... Um, quite naive, and that's putting it very lightly, I, I would say that they're fairly stupid at this point, to not understand that if evil is to do its job, to do its bidding, it's not going to tell you that it's going to be doing evil to you. I mean, of course not. It's, it's ridiculous. They're going to be doing it in other ways. And you have to do the hard work, and you have to be cynical, and you have to say, I don't want to just buy what the experts supposedly tell me and what your experts are telling me for that matter. I've got my own experts, thank you very much. Um, but that's the hard work. So they, 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 it's, I call it the con man advantage. And that's why we, we title this podcast, The Con Man's Advantage. It's a problem. We have to think about that. And they are lying to us brazenly. I mean, really, really, quite brazenly. But, and the reason why they're doing it is they're doing it because they need just that amount of time to get something in. 
Now, as we get closer and closer to the election of 2022, November 2022, uh, I suppose you can expect a lot more of the thrashing, uh, to use Ari's phrasing, uh, among the Democrats and how racist uh, the Republicans are and how evil America is and how we have to help uh, not just Haiti, but let's say, I don't know, choose your favorite uh, impoverished country du jour, um, you know, Nicaragua. Let's just go throw that out. Okay. Everything is, we, we got to take care of everybody and we'll ramp through it. And then even if we win handily in November 2022, the damage will be so extensive that we will not know how to start building again and to get back to where we need to be. There are people here, Ari, in America that truly hate their country. They really do. You ask them point blank, which is the worst country in the world, and they'll tell you point blank America. And they'll say it with an obvious tone. That's what bothers me the most, I suppose. It's, it's not only that they're not told, being told the greatness of America, but they're told actively that America is a horrific country and we need to do all sorts of penance associated with it. And what better way than to open up our borders and for that matter, give a ton of money, billions, uh, you know, mind you, to these other countries. Um, and in the meantime, when it comes to Israel, uh, we're going to pull away financing and funding for the Iron Dome project, which we all know what that is. Uh, which protects Israel and, for that matter, our, uh, the American interests as well. At a time when Iran is ever closer to a nuclear detonatable right. device. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is very interesting. So uh, the money, of course, is you know, with, tied to all sorts of uh, conditions. Uh, and they want to simply take care of the rest of the world at the expense of America. Something is going on. The, I guess what I could say is that the... The, uh, the scheme is becoming more and more transparent. When it's becoming that obvious, when somebody can say that the border is closed when it's clearly the worst it's ever been, more open than ever, when they know how to stop this, that's when you know that the, the scheme is beginning to unravel, or at least becoming more transparent. And uh, they are thrashing, to use your phrase. I'm very concerned, Ari. I'm very concerned. We, we can do something about it. I do think that 2022 will be uh, hopefully a, a, you know, if it is even remotely fair in the election. And, and I know that's a big a hypothetical yeah. right I mean, there. But, you know, that's, that's actually you're sort of undermining your, your main um, mission in other areas because this isn't about elections. This is about prayer, the return to God, the return to the great things, the great underpinnings of our culture, the things that... Uh, there was a great article by Prager a few days ago that talked entirely about uh, or makes the, a point you make over and over again, which is um, regarding, like, the Atheism Kills books, which is... Um, the more godless the country becomes, the less free it becomes. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And what we're talking about here is return to truth and freedom and family and liberty, not about winning a given election. Well, yes, I, I thank you for reminding me about that main point. And it is, it is the main point. We are seeing the consequences of an increasingly godless society. It, 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 it is really that quite that, that simple because truth doesn't matter where there is no God in your society. Uh, you know, justice doesn't matter. Uh, hard work doesn't matter. A lot of these things don't matter. The only thing that, that does matter in a godless society is power, which is the same thing as you would expect in the animal kingdom, right? It's all about power there too. So they want us to race toward the animal kingdom lifestyle. Let's put it that way. They, they, and they've said it often enough, right, that we're, we're just animals. 
just like an elephant is an animal and a cheetah is an animal and a cockroach is an animal, so to speak. So that's what they're racing us toward. We need to fight back. And the best way, this is the good news, I suppose, the best way to fight back is to bring back God, not only to our own society, but to, to welcome God into your own life, one way or the other. Live a godly life and great things will happen. You, you'll infect other people with this, the greatness of godliness. I used to think of, uh, when I was an atheist, uh, you know, all these uh, Christian Bible thumpers and everything else, and they're telling me I'm going to go to hell if I don't believe in Jesus and things like that. But that's not the kind of people that you and I are. are. We, we live our lives. Uh, we, we try to be productive. We live by example. And we tell people very point blank, uh, yeah, we love God. Uh, not only do we love God, not only do we believe in God, we know that there is a God and we, we operate knowing that there is a God in our lives and that he's responsible for everything around us and we want to do his will. Uh, you have a problem with that, sir? Right, that's the attitude. And one of the things I love about you, Ari, is, uh, and, and I've, I've adopted this, you never apologize for something that you so firmly believe. Never. And you know, you used to not be such a big fan of Trump. Then you became a very big fan of Trump. And I remember when some neighbor of yours came up to you and said, because you were putting up a Trump uh, yard sign or something, and you, you didn't vote for Trump, did you? And your response was epic. It was, sure I did, didn't you? And you put her on her heels as opposed to her trying to put you on your heels. It was a brilliant flip of the equation. And to make it so obvious that your thinking is, is the right thinking. And, and it was. So I do that now. I, I, say, um, I say exactly that regarding Trump. But with regard to, to God, I, I say uh, God bless to everyone. Yeah. God, God is great. Isn't it amazing? Isn't yeah. it an amazing thing that, that God has given us this, has given us that, and I uh, just want to do God's will. That's cool. Yeah. Um, doing it in my, my practice, do it in the raising of my kids and everything else. And, and I know that people, and some people hopefully, look up to me and say, okay, well, he's got, he seems to have a happy life. I, maybe I wonder what makes him a successful or happy person. And, and if I say over enough over and over enough that it's because I have God in my life, maybe they'll bring God in their lives too. Yeah, and, and to the point you just made, I think it's very important that in dealing with a COVID that we stop with the, the I'm not saying statements. So we say, don't take the vaccine, it's poison. And then you go, I'm not saying that COVID isn't a serious situation. Stop saying that. It's not a serious situation. Yeah, well, that's it is fake. It's as fake as global warming. Let's stop playing defense on that one too. We, we've gone through this. We, 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 we abundance of cautioned our way at the beginning. I was wearing a mask before other people were. You saw it. Yep. Okay? Yep. I was wearing, I, you know what I mean? I took it seriously before I realized it's fake. Yeah. So let's, let's attack that one too. Their response to this was so, it, it was such a pretext. It was such a, like, oh, we got this, this virus now. Let's, let's go crazy about this. Let's use this and tell the, the world that we need to shut down and everything else. And we'll take advantage of this as, as best as we can. Uh, and and it, it's the same as though a very virulent uh, strain of a cold virus is out there. And, uh, but they, they really took it to task. They went all the way with this one, shutting down the world for the first freaking time in history. And we're the crazy ones for pointing it out. That's yeah, the amazing thing. We're the healthy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, this is the con man's advantage. That's the whole point of this of this uh, podcast, we have to understand 
that we cannot let the conman have the advantage here whatsoever. We have to take him to task. And that means calling out the BS when we see it every single time. It's hard work. It's annoying. It's, like, it's as annoying as uh, catching your, uh, your sibling or a relative or even a friend in a lie over and over again. And you just have to say, okay, well, now I've got to check that up, Charlie, and uh, figure this out. Because, okay, it looks like you lied yet again. What do you have to say about that, Charlie? Okay, what's your excuse now? And, and no one likes that. No one. So that's what we have to do, though. We, we have the con man that we have to deal with, and we have to call him out all the time. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.